All right, because of the baptizing, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to have a short sermon. <laughs> and notice I said think. That was not a promise. That was just a thought. But uh, to those of you who, who perhaps don't know where Bubba and Michelle live, uh, just go up through Crescent City. Yeah, it's uh, to the, but I don't have a lapel to put it on today. But in, anyway, go up through Crescent City and turn left at the caution light, up at the, the only uh, Circle K in town now, on 308. And just go until you cross the railroad track and then turn immediately to the left on Palmer Sawmill Road. Is that right? And uh, I don't know what his house number is, but you'll see the cars. <laughs> what is your house number there? 100. In that curve, it changes the wilderness trail. Though. That's oh, okay. Okay, all right. All right, that's, that's simple enough. All right, I'm taking my text today from uh, the heading is Acts of the Apostles. But actually it's Acts of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> uh, Book of Acts. Or you might could say the Gospel of Acts. Acts chapter 4, and uh, I'm not going to read this whole story here, but I'm just going to pull a few verses, two or three verses out of it, and I'm going to talk about a Savior worth having. A Savior worth having. Acts chapter 4, verse 7. It says, and when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? And Peter begins to speak, but in verse 10, he says, Be it known unto all, unto you all, and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand before you whole. And then skipping down to verse 12, he says, Neither, or to those of you that are not from the south, neither. <laughs> Is there salvation in any other? And by the way, it means the same thing. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved. Uh, and so as I said, I wanted to speak to you on the thought the Savior worth having or a Savior worth having. Uh, we all agree, most everybody agrees, that we need a Savior. Mankind needs a Savior. And there's no argument 
But they may argue, some may argue, uh, the point of who can save or what can save. Uh, the song says, what can wash away my sin? That's a good question. But the answer is right there, nothing but the blood of Jesus. But whether we argue about who can save or what can save, most everybody is in agreement that mankind needs a Savior. God is righteous. God is holy. And we're sinful. So something has to be done. The God who turned His back on His own Son when He died on Calvary that caused him to say, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Uh, that God, there has to be something done to mankind or for mankind in order to bring him in the presence of God and to reconcile us to God. And so we all agree that silver and gold Houses and lands cannot save. But if, but if you need a Savior, you might as well have the best one. And I, I, I know theologically that's not correct. Jesus is not just the best Savior. He's the only Amen. Savior. So I, I know that theologically, but don't mess with the title of my message. This is my sermon. <laughs> you go get your own. <laughs> but but verse, uh, verse 12 tells us that he's the only Savior. But uh, if I put my faith in one Savior, I want him to be the best, don't you? I want him to be the, uh, the one that God, the Heavenly Father, requires. And there's just one. Mankind, all the way from the beginning, uh, tried to do their own thing. You know, I'm doing this my way. And what did he do? He made an apron of fig leaves. And I'm here to tell you, fig leaves won't work. That won't cover your sin from the eyes of one who sees all. And there are a lot of modern day fig leaves that are not necessarily fig leaves. <laughs> Whatever you are depending on or people do depend on other than Jesus Christ is a fig leaf. And it won't work. But if you are looking for a Savior... Uh, he ought to be one old enough to save you. I don't know how many of you is old enough, but I know a lot of you are, to remember the hippie movement. And when they came on the scene, their slogan was, Don't trust anyone over 30, I think it was. And of course, I was over 30 at that time. But they said, don't trust anyone over 30. Well, when I'm looking for a Savior, I don't trust anyone younger than I am. <laughs> or anyone younger than Jesus Christ. 
Uh, I want someone that I can trust who's older than me. I want someone who has been around when my parents were growing up. And on beyond that, I want someone who was old enough to have been here when my grandparents were growing up. And even beyond that, my great-grandparents and all the way back to my great-grandpa, Adam. He was here. I don't know how many that was, but anyway, he was around when no one else was. Oh, Micah spoke and prophesied to Bethlehem, and he said the, the Messiah, the Savior that is to be born in you, O Bethlehem, whose goings forth have been from everlasting to everlasting. So we serve an old Savior. He's been around a while. John said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. So when you go all the way back to Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. John said all things were made by Him, Jesus Christ. So Jesus was the one who created. Paul said all things were created by Him and for Him. And by Him all things consist. Hey, He's old enough. He is everlasting. He's the one who said, before Abraham was, I am. He didn't say before Abraham was, I was. He said before Abraham was, I am. He said to John in the book of Revelations, I am the one who was dead, but now I'm alive and I'm alive forevermore. He said, I was alive, now I'm dead, or I was dead, but now I'm alive again. And I'll never die again, I'm alive forevermore. And then, not only old enough, but if I'm looking for the best Savior, I want one who knows enough. I don't want to go to somebody and have them to hear all of my problems and all of my troubles and then they got to run to a library to get a book to see what's wrong with me. He is the book. He knows all about me. And, and I don't have to lay on his couch and, and him take notes. He knew what was wrong with me before I got there. And he, he is the answer to all of my problems. He knows enough. He's an all-knowing God. I like the story there in, uh, I think it's John chapter 8, where Jesus went to the Samaritan woman there at the well and uh, talked with her a while about living water. And when she left there and went back into town, she told him, God said, there's a man out there at the well that told me everything I've ever done. Well, I doubt that Jesus did that. 
because they probably would have still been there uh, if, if he told her everything she'd ever done. But I guarantee you, he knew everything she'd ever done. He knows everything that you've ever done. He knows everything that I've ever done. And he died for me. He paid the price. He didn't, you know, and I'm not going to trust anybody that will run and take a course in Greek or Hebrew and then come running back to tell me what's wrong. You know, he knows. He knows enough about us. And then I want a Savior that you can check out his track record. And, and there's a whole bunch of people in here that could give testimony as to what he's done for you in your life. We don't have time to go through all that, but I like some of the testimonies in the Bible. I like what David said. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. In other words, he supplied my every need. And then he said, he, he leadeth me, or he, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Can you say that this morning? Your cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That was David's testimony. I like Paul's testimony in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4 where he said, I am now ready to be offered. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. I've fought a good fight. Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me in that day, not to me only, but unto all them also that love His appearing. And I imagine you could go all through the Bible and find all kinds of testimonies that people left of this best Savior, this only Savior. And I think of my own life. And most of you know, I, I didn't go to seminary. In fact, I didn't even finish high school. But as I think back on my life, I have to magnify Him sometimes. You know, I, I've told you before how we grew up poor. Not poor, but poor. <laughs> There's a difference. Poor is really poor. 
we lived in some houses that you would be ashamed to live in nowadays. And I've told you how when it rained, Mama would set pots and pans out in different under leaks, you know, and it'd sound like a band, ping pong, ping pong. <laughs> it'd put you to sleep at night. But we lived in those kind of places. And when I think of the fact that God has put this old boy, this old ignoramus, behind a pulpit at the Word of Faith Bible Church, I'm overwhelmed. I remember one time when I was pastoring at Barberville, the Seminole Baptist Association asked me to come to the Seminole Baptist Associational meeting and bring the message to all of these preachers out there and their wives and deacons and everybody that came with them. And they had Dr. So-and-so and professor so-and-so, and doctor this, and doctor that, and they wanted me, as I said, I didn't go to seminary. I didn't finish high school. They wanted me to come and bring the message that night. And, you know, if, if I were a donkey and showed up at the, at you know, up there in Kentucky where they run those thoroughbreds, the Kentucky Derby, that's the way I would have felt a donkey at the Kentucky Derby to run against the thoroughbreds. And I thought, you know, I, I thought my daddy had already died. And I thought to myself, I wonder if Daddy could see this. This old boy, this old ignoramus, preaching to the doctors and the professors. And I know it's not theologically correct, but I said, Lord, would you allow my Daddy to see this? And even now, sometimes, I, the, the Lord just blesses me, and I wonder, Lord, would you let Mom and Daddy see this? Oh, what a blessing is in this Savior. My wife is a little bit claustrophobic. Not a little bit, a whole lot. And I know some of you probably are too. How many of you like to go through that machine that where they give you the MRI? Do you get a little bit nervous? Now I don't. It don't bother me. I can go in there and take a nap. I mean, I'm I'm calm. But she's not. And I took her down to the emergency room a few years ago. Uh, she was having uh, pancreatitis, but we didn't know what it was at the time. And there were 
they were going to give her an MRI. And uh, they told me, they said, well, you can, you can go up with her. And I went up with her, and she laid down on the table, and the nurse said, uh, you can hold her hand if you want to. So I held her hand while she went in and out of that MRI. By doing that, I was telling her, hey, look, you know, I'm here with you. If anything happens to you, it'll happen to me too. And, and I'm calm. I'm not nervous. See, I wasn't going in. But I was holding her hand. She came out. I told her, I said, you know, there's not many people in the world that has a pastor that will hold their hand while they have an MRI done. <laughs> but then I thought of all of the things that I'd ever gone through. Some of you are going through things now. And you think you're alone, but you're not. You're not alone. This Savior that we've been talking about is there to hold your hand. I like this song here. Been around a long time, but here's what it says. I come to the garden alone. While the dew was still on the roses, and the voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God discloses, and He walks with me, and He talks with me, and He tells me I am His own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. He speaks, and the sound of his voice is so sweet, the birds hush their singing. And the melody that he gave to me within my heart is ringing. That's this Savior. He's the best Savior, and he is the only Savior and thank God, He's my Savior. I want to ask you, as I bring this to a close, is He your Savior? Do you know Him? Can you say with David, He is my shepherd? Not just a Savior, He is my Savior. And he does walk with me and talk with me. He does hold my hand. He does go with me through the dark shadows, the valley of the shadow of death. And that, that's a, a valley that all of us, and I like, I like that word through. <laughs> it don't say he walked with me to the valley of the shadow of death. It says, through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. But one day we're going to walk down that road, and, uh, you know, we're going to be like old Enoch. When we get through that valley, he'll probably say, hey, you know what? We're closer to my home than we are yours, so let's just go home. Let's just go home. And with Paul, we can say, 
henceforth there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the righteous judge will give me in that day and not to me only but to all those that love his appearing. Do you know him as your Savior? I say again, he's not just the best Savior. He's the only Savior. He's the only Savior for me. He's the only one that can save you if you're lost. If you're here this morning and you don't know Christ is your Savior, we're, we're only going to sing one verse of a song. But, you, you know, you don't, you, we don't have to go through that whole song book for you to respond. If the Holy Spirit is speaking in your heart today and saying, Hey, buddy, today you need to be saved. You don't, you don't have to wait. Just come on. Not, not, I'm not telling you to come to me. I'm telling you to come to Jesus. Come to him. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved. Come to him. Come to him. Confess your sins and ask him to save your soul. And I guarantee you, in black and white, and in red, the blood of the cross, he'll do it. He'll do it. You're here this morning, you are saved. You do know the Lord is your Savior. <laughs> Go away from here rejoicing. Go away rejoicing that you have the best Savior, the only Savior, Jesus Christ. What number, Kevin? Kevin, number 377. Number 377. I can hear my say. 
Continue to be with this church, Lord. Help us to be a light. Help us to just tell others about you, Lord, and just realize the urgency that we have, Lord. And I pray that you would just continue to uh, bless these four being baptized today. We just thank yes, you for Lord. them, Lord. We thank you for their public um, uh, just claim of you and giving their life over to you, Lord. And we just pray that you bless their lives from here on out and that you would help them to be a light for you, help them to live for you. And, Put you first in everything that they do. I just love you. Thank you for all you do for us in your name. I pray. Amen. 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 